This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we will be reading from verse number 26 of Surah Al-Ankabut, which is Surah 29, page number 532 of the Noble Quran that we have been using. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فآمن له لوط وقال إني مهاجر إلى ربي إنه هو العزيز الحكيم ووهبنا له إسحاق ويعقوب وجعلنا في ذريته النبوة والكتاب وآتيناه أجره في الدنيا وإنه في الآخرة لمن الصالحين ولوطا إذ قال لقومه إنكم لتأتون الفاحشة ما سبقكم بها من أحد من العالمين أئنكم لتأتون الرجال وتقطعون السبيل وتأتون في ناديكم المنكر فما كان جواب قومه إلا أن قالوا اتنا بعذاب الله إن كنت من الصادقين قال رب انصرني على القوم المفسدين ولما جاءت رسلنا إبراهيم بالبشرى قالوا إنا مهلكوا أهل هذه القرية إن أهلها كانوا ظالمين قال إن فيها لوطا قالوا نحن أعلم بمن فيها لننجينه وأهله إلا امرأته كانت من الغابرين ولما أن جاءت رسلنا لوطا سيئ بهم وضاق بهم ذرعا وضاق بهم ذرعا وقالوا لا تخف ولا تحزن إنا منجوك وأهلك إلا امرأتك كانت من الغابرين إنا منزلون على أهل هذه القرية رجزا من السماء بما كانوا يفسقون ولقد تركنا منها آية بينة لقوم يعقلون وإلى مدين أخاهم شعيبا فقال يا قوم اعبدوا الله وارجوا اليوم الآخر ولا تعثوا في الأرض مفسدين فكذبوه فأخذتهم الرجفة فأصبحوا في دارهم جاثمين وعادا وثمود وقد تبين لكم من مساكنهم 
وَزَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ أَعْمَالَهُمْ فَصَدَّهُمْ عَنِ السَّبِيلِ وَكَانُوا مُسْتَبْصِرِينَ وَقَارُونَ وَفِرْعَوْنَ وَهَامَانَ وَلَقَدْ جَاءَهُمْ مُوسَى بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ فَاسْتَكْبَرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَمَا كَانُوا سَابِقِينَ فَكُلًّا أَخَذْنَا بِذَنْبِهِ فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ أَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِ حَاصِبًا وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ أَخَذَتْهُ الصَّيْحَةِ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ خَسَفْنَا بِهِ الْأَرْضَ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ أَغْرَقْنَا وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيَظْلِمَهُمْ وَلَكِنْ كَانُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ يَظْلِمُونَ مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ كَمَثَلِ الْعَنْكَبُوتِ اتَّخَذَتْ بَيْتًا وَإِنَّ أَوْهَنَ الْبُيُوتِ لَبَيْتُ الْعَنْكَبُوتِ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا يَدْعُونَ مِنْ دُونِهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ وَتِلْكَ الْأَمْثَالُ نَضْرِبُهَا لِلنَّاسِ وَمَا يَعْقِلُهَا إِلَّا الْعَالِمُونَ خَلَقَ اللَّهُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ بِالْحَقِّ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَةً لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على من لا نبي بعده وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all his companions we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless his household and to bless every single one of us My beloved mothers and sisters Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about how the followers of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wa salam were made up of his nephew, subhanallah. And at a certain stage, his wife, Sarah, had accepted his message. People did not accept the message of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. And from this we learn that when you are correct, not necessarily will the majority be with you. When you are correct, when you are a Nabi, when you are sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or when you are doing the work of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, calling people towards what is right, calling people towards revelation, calling people to worship Allah in a way that Allah would like to be worshipped, you will then understand and realize that success is not gauged by numbers. Success is gauged by whether or not you fulfilled your message. And this has repeated itself in the Quran many times. You convey the message and at the same time, if people follow it, alhamdulillah, if they do not follow it, it might grieve your heart to a certain extent, but that does not gauge your own personal success. It is their own responsibility. They are answerable to their maker. The message would have come to them. The same applies with us. When a message comes to us, we need to understand how do we react to the message. 
when people tell us this is an innovation or this is association of partnership with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do we react in the same way that the kuffar of Quraysh reacted or the people of a time reacted? Remember, there are two main things in your life and mine. That is shirk and bid'ah. And many people do not understand that that is the test of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when people utter that this item is shirk or this thing is a bid'ah, Others or shaitan makes them develop a rash or a skin disease where they start scratching in a way that they swear those who are calling them towards leaving that which is innovation. Our life should rotate around searching for that which we may be doing, which is an innovation, which was not done by the Prophet ﷺ in terms of acts of worship and which was not taught by him. And we should be throwing it out no matter what it is and how juicy it may seem and how we feel so spiritually elevated by doing it. It is wrong. If it was not done by the messenger, we throw it out. That's the whole test. Your test and mine rotates around these two things. One is... Protect yourself from association of partnership with Allah. Two is protect yourself from engaging in innovation in terms of worship. The reason is you worship your maker alone. That's number one. Number two is you only worship him the way he wants to be worshipped and no other way of worship. So if you want to drive a car, you want to have a beautiful house, alhamdulillah, those are not direct acts of worship. That's just a means. A motor vehicle is a means of getting from point A to point B. For example, you live in a home, it's a means of living and so on. But a direct act of worship such, such as salah or zakah or whatever else you may consider in terms of uh, acts of worship that were not done by the Prophet ﷺ or not taught by him, wallahi, you have to throw it out. It will return back to a person in great, great regret if that person does not throw out whatever the Prophet ﷺ did not teach or do because he was sent to show me and you how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we want to worship him in another way, it is as good as us telling him, you did not fulfill your message. When you say, La ilaha illallah, you are promising that you will not associate partners with Allah. When you say, Muhammadur Rasulullah, you are promising that you will not innovate because whatever he came with was enough. He was the messenger, not me, not my sheikh, and not anybody else. I am not a messenger, nor is the pious man down the street, nor is a, a, a scholar of deen, no. We are mere people who convey the message of the messenger, sallallahu Where we go wrong, you have got to throw it out. If, for example, you find a person said to be pious, engaging in acts of worship or telling you to do things which are supposedly acts of worship, which are found nowhere in the life of Muhammad ﷺ or his instruction, wallahi, you have to throw it out. If you don't, you have failed the test. Shaitan makes fools of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and grant us ease. Wallahi, my mothers and my sisters, I tell you, one of the biggest ways of engaging in association of partners with Allah is when you are sick. When you're sick, the hadith warns us, when people are sick, they engage in shirk. If, for example, uh, sometimes out of desperation, a person decides to go to someone, that person might be purportedly someone who is pious. And they will start telling you to do things that are nowhere found in the Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah And if that is the case, it is shaitan making a fool of them to start with and then you. So you might pitch up somewhere and you tell a person, you know what, my belly is aching. And they tell you, you see, you've got to go into your yard and you must start plucking out those small mangoes before they become more than 80 grams. And once you get them, you take a mango and an onion, you cut them half, half and you mix the two together and you take five a day and put it by your bedside. And after that, you dip it in water and thereafter you drink that water and then as soon as you do that once you start picking the mangoes you, you, you already you start feeling better 
Because shaitan makes you feel better. And shaitan is just laughing at everybody and saying, you see, oh Allah, I promised you these people are not going to worship you. They will do anything besides. Wallahi, my sister, the best bet is raise your hands to the maker, your maker, and tell him, Ya Allah, cure me. Those words, you might have to say them for a long time, but the cure will come. So this is a form of association of partners where you lay your trust in a mango, you lay your trust in a bag of onions, you lay your trust in a bag of lemons, Allahu Akbar. And this is happening across the globe, not just in this country and this city, but across the globe people are doing this and people who are scholars of Islam sometimes are being trapped by the devil in order to tell people to do these things. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. The jinn are the biggest deviators. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really grant our ulama and ourselves and everybody else uh, as the ummah protection and may he guide those who haven't yet seen the light. So this is why we say the messengers, they were a few followers. Success is not by the number of followers. Success is to do with whether or not you, you delivered the message. If you delivered the message and a lot of people followed, that is a sign of acceptance. It's another different sign of acceptance. But if, you, if nobody followed, it is still a sign of acceptance that you, you were used to convey the message. So this is why Allah says, فَآمَنَ لَهُ لُوتُ Let's continue with this. Allah says, Lut believed in him, in Ibrahim salam's message of Islamic monotheism. And Ibrahim salam said, I will emigrate for the sake of my Lord. Verily, he is the Almighty, the All-Wise. So Ibrahim salam then emigrated. He left his people, those who were harassing him, and he carried on. He went from point to point, and he emigrated more than once. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And Ibrahim, we gave him, listen to what Allah says, we bestowed upon him Ishaq, that is Isaac, and Jacob, Yaqub. So Jacob was the child of Ishaq. So Allah says, we bestowed upon him Ishaq and Yaqub. We gave him a gift. So his followers were made up of his, fo- his family members. Those were the main followers he had later on. And the deen spread thereafter. So Allah says, and we ordained amongst his offspring, prophethood and the book. Allahu Akbar. The Torah was in- revealed to Musa alayhi salam, who was a great grandchild of... Ibrahim alayhi salam and Jesus, may peace be upon him, was given the Injil, which, who was also one of the great, great grandchildren of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. So Allah says, we gave them the gospel, the books, we gave them Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam, the Quran. They were all the offspring of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Didn't we say that uh, Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam was favored, that the prophets who come, came after him were from his family? And this was because of his closeness to Allah. He may not have seen followers in his life, but Allah answered his dua. My mothers and sisters make dua for your offspring to come, generations to come. Ya Allah, keep them on the deen. This is taught also, if we just look at the life of Ibrahim alayhi salam, we will see it. And we see the fruits of it. When you're gone, your dua will continue. And inshallah, we ask Allah to keep us steadfast. Because firstly, you need to be steadfast. Then you make dua for steadfastness of the others. If a person himself or herself is not prepared to obey Allah, and then they say, Allah, help my children to obey Allah, to obey you, that is actually insulting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May He forgive our shortcomings. So Allah says, we granted him his reward in this world. Which means, look, already his memory and mention is everlasting. Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. We mention him in salah. Every single time we read salah or units of salah, 
in the Qa'da, the last Qa'da, we always say, كَمَا بَارَكْتَ عَلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَعَلَىٰ آلِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ إِنَّكَ حَمِيدٌ مَجِيدٌ You know, bless Muhammad sallallahu and his family the same way that you've already blessed Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and his family. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we granted him his reward in this world and verily in the hereafter he is indeed amongst the righteous. I need to stop there for a minute. This man was working for the deen. This man was working for the sake of Allah. He had no salary and, and he was downtrodden in, in the sense that his family had uh, tried to uh, abandon him, they warned him, they tried to punish him and so on. He left one place, he had to emigrate, he went to another place. From there in Harran, he left, he had to go somewhere else. He went to Mecca, from Mecca he went to Baytul Maqdis in Jerusalem and he traveled a lot and he spread the message everywhere he went. But he was not a rich wealthy man who had everything laid on the plate. But Allah says, look, we gave him his reward in the dunya. This means you want to know if Allah has rewarded you in the dunya, Allah draws you closer to him. When Allah gives you the ability to distinguish, when Allah gives you the ability to distinguish innovation from worship, then he has blessed you in the dunya. When Allah gives you the ability to leave out that which is innovated, compared to that which is a real act of worship, then He has blessed you. Those are the blessings of Allah. Because Allah says, قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُ You need to become happy solely with the virtue of Allah and the mercy of Allah upon you. What is it? It is better than everything that you gather. هُوَ خَيْرٌ مِمَّا يَجْمَعُونَ It is better than all the material wealth that you amass. That is guidance and the mercy of Allah. Allah has mercy on those who understand what they are here for. And what they should be looking out for. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors, protect us from innovation. We are in an age where people who are supposedly religious are adding things into the religion which are not from the religion. This is one of shaitan's way of making you feel you're holy. It is one of shaitan's ways of making you feel that you are very pious. And yet you're not because piety is only gauged by whether or not you did what the messenger did or taught. If he did not do or teach it, wallahi, throw it out. And if anyone gets upset at you for calling them that towards that goodness, let them get upset. If they call you a man who belongs to a deviant sect solely because you are questioning whether or not what they are doing is an innovation or an act of worship, so let them call you names. No problem. Those names will result in you entering paradise and them being given their fair share by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't be distracted. You know, calling people towards dropping out innovation does not make you involved in deviation. In fact, that itself is the right path. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. Anyone who picks up the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu will see that he warned us so many times about doing that in terms of acts of worship, which he did not teach or do. Why then do we find ourselves engaging in this and that and saying, we're worshipping Allah, we're praising the Prophet, we love the Prophet and we're doing this and that. When we, we definitely cannot say that we love him when our actions are heading in a totally different direction. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us hidayah and guidance. Wallahi, make dua for guidance even if you think you're on the right path. And this is why we say, إِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ mustaqim, Because sometimes we don't recognize how shaitan comes to us, yet he does. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he gave this man the reward in the dunya. That reward was by his acceptance in the sense that even his offspring came to the deen. So when your children become pious, when your children turn to Allah, it is a gift of Allah upon you. Did you realize that? When your offspring to come, even after you've passed away, are on the right path, it will be a means of your uh, goodness. They make dua for their, inshallah, uh, forefathers. Uh, your name will be included from amongst them. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to make dua for our forefathers. And may Allah grant those who had hidayah guidance, meaning who had the guidance jannah. So Allah says, and thereafter, as for the akhirah, he is indeed from amongst the righteous, already being told that Ibrahim alayhi salam, he is set for the akhirah, which means he was considered righteous and he will be written from amongst the righteous and he is from amongst them. Allah says, walutan, as for Lut, he went to his people. He went to Sodom and Gomorrah, known as Qura Sadum in the Arabic language. He went there and he called his people. Walutan idqala liqawmi. And remember, when Lut told his people, you are committing sodomy, the worst sin, which none preceded you in committing. Nobody committed this in the alameen, in mankind or jinn kind before you. You are the first people. So this is not hereditary. It's not something that comes down the genes of a person. That time nobody used to wear jeans. Allahu Akbar. Those were jeans. When I, we say jeans, we be talking of that which comes down through your blood. No, people today say, no, it's through your blood. They have not proven, not even from a single finding scientifically that this thing comes through the blood. It's just the media that has made a big noise about it and people are talking about it and they are promoting it left, right and center. They are convincing normal people that you know what, you are sick. You are abnormal. Obviously, they, they don't use that word, but they tell you, you know, if you hold your cup with two fingers, then you, you're supposed to be a gay. I know people who hold their cups with two fingers and three, and they've got ten children. Allahu Akbar. And they are the most virile of the lot. Allahu Akbar. May Allah protect us. My mothers and sisters, it's got nothing to do with that. Do not let yourself fall into pornography or fall into the movies of today, which are promoting heavily the bad and evil in terms of dress and in terms of attitude and Satan worship. This is why we say the movies of today, wallahi, they belong to a cult. If you take a look at those of Scientology and those of the Satanism and devil worship and whatnot and so on, they're all based in Hollywood. Allahu Akbar. What are they doing? They're trying to create a hollow out of our own spirituality. So we become hollow wood. Allahu Akbar. This is what's going on. And we sit and we watch these movies and we act them and we react them and we sit and bounce. The other day someone showed me a clip on, on their phone how the children react to music from a young age in such a way that they go wild and they actually make a blast out of it and they can't even walk. They can't even walk. And they're jumping up and down at the music. Subhanallah. Why don't we substitute that with something spiritual where they will be able to obey Allah rather than follow the instincts of music. Like the Pied Piper of Hamlin, Allah protect us and safeguard us. That's how our children are being driven like rats towards Jahannam. With that same beat. And then people want to argue. It's allowed, it's permissible. Go and listen, subhanallah, to what's happening to people. So Allah says, Lut alayhi salam warned his people that nobody before you did this. How dare, how verily you are practicing sodomy with men. And you rob the wayfarer, you are stealing from the travelers, you are engaging in highway robbery, and you are practicing al-munkar, which means you are disbelieving polytheism. So three things are mentioned here. What are the three things? One is they engage in homosexuality. On top of that, when a person is a homosexual, their mind becomes upside down to the degree that they start doing things which are upside down. You see it in their faces. So Allah says, they, they begin to steal. Look at this. They were robbing from the travelers. They were uh, 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 disengaging the people in the sense that they were uh, waylaying the, the, the traveler. Today you will find people who are gay. They can jail those who are not gay just for, for trying to tell them, hey, what's, you know, gay is not supposed to be normal. They'll jail you. They say, you know what? You are discriminating here. Allahu Akbar. 
So thereafter what happens? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and Lut alayhi salam told his people, he says, and you are engaging in every kind of wicked and evil deed in your meetings. So this means they used to meet behind closed doors up to today. The gays have their own places of meeting. They, they have their yards. They have their own places. When they get into there, they do whatever they like. Astaghfirullah. And they engage in the, the most wicked of all evil. So Allah says, but his people gave him no answer except they said, bring Allah's punishment upon us if you are the truthful. <coughs> you see the statement of arrogance. Punish me. If you are right, come give me the punishment. Let's see. We are going to do what we want. So this type of attitude, Allah says, we change their faces first. Maskh. Maskh is known as the changing of a face to the face of an animal. Allahu Akbar. So you find as soon as you look at the face, you see it dull, looking evil, wretched, wicked. Allahu Akbar. There is complete darkness in that particular face. So Allah says, they said, bring Allah's torment upon us if you are the one, if you are one of the truthful. So he said, my Lord, Give me victory over the people who are mufsideen. Give me victory over the people who commit great sin and great crime and oppressors, the tyrants, the mischief makers. Rabbin surni ala al mufsideen. So Allah says, Then, when the messengers, when the angels came to Ibrahim alayhi salam with the good news of him going to bear, a, or his wife going to have a child known as Ishaq, when they came to him at that particular time, one of the things they told him, they said, Verily we are going to destroy the people of Lut, that town where the people of Lut are, the town of Sodom. Truly its people have been wrongdoers, they have been polytheists, they have been disobedient to Allah, and they are engaging in sodomy and so on. So Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam immediately got worried. He said, these angels are telling me that they are going to go to the town where Lut alayhi salam is and they've been instructed to destroy it. Yet in it, the man known as Lut, who is my nephew or my relative, indeed he is there. What will happen to him immediately? He says, inna fiha luta. He told them, hey, you know, Lut is in that town. How are you going to destroy it? So they said, we know better than you who is there. We will verily save him and his family. Except for his wife. Why except for his wife? She will be from amongst those who remain behind and be destroyed along with those who are destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because of her engagement in that type of immorality or her encouragement of that immorality or her assistance towards that immorality. So those who assist evil are considered similar to those who have engaged in it. And those who have encouraged it are similar to those who have done it. A person who shows others towards goodness is considered similar in reward to the one who has engaged in the goodness himself. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he, when he was told, when the messengers were told that there is loot there, they said, no, we know he is there and we will save him and his family except his wife because of whatever reasons. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, When our messengers, when our angels came to loot, he was grieved because of them. Why was he grieved? He saw some handsome men come in his direction. He was saddened. He thought, look at these people, innocent, good-looking uh, uh, people who are coming from afar for me to come and see me. And yet my people are going to grab hold of them and engage in immorality with them and so on and so forth. And therefore he was grieved. So what was the reason of him grieving? The reason was because he was worried that they would be taken away and the same would be done to them. 
This is why he was grieved. He was grieved because of them. He felt straightened on their account. He felt worried, concerned. He was like sort of uh, put in a spot because of them. On their account, they said to him thereafter, Have no fear and do not grieve. Definitely we shall save you and your family, except your wife. She will be from amongst those who remain behind, and we've already mentioned to you the reasons why she will be punished. Now, there is another point of why they were grieved, or why he was grieved by seeing them. It is said that after they told him that we are going to destroy this whole community, he was worried about his family and himself and so on. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it such that they already informed him to tell him, don't worry, you and your family, those who accepted your message, you will be saved. And as for those who have not accepted the message, they will not be saved, even if they happen to be from amongst your family. Now, just a quick stop here. Sometimes Allah punishes a community, together with them the pious also go. And sometimes Allah saves the pious and the community is then punished with, with the pious having been saved. So what is the difference? It's a very clear difference. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it in the Quran, that if you are a person who tries to stop people from doing bad, the day the punishment comes, you will be saved. But if you are a person who kept quiet or you are a person who encouraged them to do bad, then you, even if you did not engage in it, you will be punished. If you encourage them to do bad, you deserve the punishment. And if you did not say anything to them, you still deserve the punishment because you are a quiet person. Uh, you, you did not uh, obey the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, enjoin that which was good and forbid that which was bad. So this is why. Continue telling people where they are wrong, even if they do not listen to you and they mock at you because the day the punishment comes, your means of savior will only be the fact that you prohibit them from doing bad but if you kept quiet you deserve the punishment with them this is why we say in Islam you cannot sit on a fence because if you have not listened to two parties or two sides of the story yes you are neutral you are in the middle the minute you listen to both sides of the story you need to side with that which is correct as a Muslim you cannot have heard both sides of a story and still say you know what I'm a neutral man because that is a hypocrite may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us and may he make us from those who understand and realize so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we've already read that verse then Allah says these angels they said verily we are about to bring down on the people of this town a great torment from the sky because they have been rebellious against the command of Allah. From this we learn that when you are rebellious against the command of Allah, Allah gives you time. When you don't want to obey Allah's instruction, He gives you time. When you want to engage in polytheism and, and the various types of disbelief, He gives you time. When the time is up, the punishment descends from the heavens or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides how to meet that punishment upon a person. This is why we always say, my mothers, my sisters, Remember to turn to Allah as soon as possible. ASAP. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for the next second. Promise Allah here and now, Ya Allah, it's over. It's finished. My, my uh, little stint with sin against you is over. What did you achieve? Ask those who are old. Ask those who are old, who are beyond 70. Ask them when you were young and you used to sin and you used to uncover and you used to listen to music and you used to dance and you used to do this and do that. How did it help you? Well, I hope some of them will tell you we did not used to do that. Allahu Akbar. But if, you, if they did, they will tell you, Allah, He didn't help us whatsoever. Today we're sitting here, we're worried whether Allah has forgiven us or not. That worry is so good because it's a sign that Allah has forgiven you. Subhanallah. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors and grant us ease and goodness. So Allah says, وَلَقَدْ تَرَكْنَا مِنْهَا آيَةً بَيِّنَةً لِقَوْمٍ يَعْقِلُونَ Allah says, and indeed we have left thereof an evident sign, a lesson and a warning. The place where the Dead Sea is right now, Allah says, we have left that particular place as a warning for, for a folk who understand, for those who have brains, for those who want to understand that here is where these people lived. Today they are not there. They were punished completely and totally. Now people ask two things. Number one, are we allowed to visit the Dead Sea? The answer is yes, we are allowed to visit the Dead Sea on condition that we are not going there to engage in the disobedience of Allah. But when we are there, we will read our salah, we will, we will obey Allah's instruction and we will take a lesson and we will cry over what happened to the people of Lut and we will promise Allah that we will not be engaging in that type of sin. So that makes it very clear. You are allowed to visit the place. There are people who are Muslims who actually live there. They are part and parcel of the inhabitants of the similar towns. They live there. They have to live because that is where they were perhaps born and that is where destiny took them. But at the same time, we are not allowed to visit there if we're going for a party, a New Year's party, a ball, a dance. Up to now it's happening. Or if we are going there in order to uh, display our, ourselves, remove our hijab because we are on holiday. Some Muslims believe that when you're a tourist, you can now remove your hijab because you're a tourist. So now you've got to tour everyone and everyone can tour you. Allahu Akbar. That's not how it works. Because then shaitan tours you and you will begin to to a shaitan as well. And we don't want that to happen. My mothers and sisters, if you visit the Dead Sea, you need to make dua there, ask Allah for forgiveness, go and learn a lesson and go and see. But it's not haram to actually uh, have visited a place of that nature. Number two, are we allowed to use Dead Sea products in order to uh, paste over ourselves and so on? Or are we allowed to uh, dip ourselves in the Dead Sea for medical reasons? The answer is yes. There are some scholars who say no, but uh, according to what we've learned, the answer is yes, you are allowed to use those products there is no harm in that on condition that obviously you're not engaging in sin uh, and on condition that uh, you are not in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so if you see dead sea products and so on and people say can you or can you not use them you are allowed to use them and the condition is within the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, it has been proven already by Muslim uh, uh, people persons of science scientists as well as uh, experts in medicine that there, there are a few of the salts that do happen to be there in that particular part of the world uh, and within that particular sea uh, that happen to be of some form of benefit to the uh, body so if someone dips themselves in there it just depends on your niya your intention and it depends on your what you what state and condition you are in so my mothers and sisters that I hope that makes it quite clear many people have asked us are you allowed to use Dead Sea products uh, the answer is yes, you are. I just want to stop there for a moment. Something came to my mind. If you have, you know, this makeup and lipstick and everything that comes from Dead Sea products and you are using it in order to go out and show your face around to the devil again, once again, in order to engage in what is known as sufur or uh, removal of hijab and what have you, then you should not be using those Dead Sea products because then you're using a product from a place where people of a similar nature were actually punished and you're pasting it all over yourself and you're engaging in something that deserves punishment. So that adds fuel to fire. So you will only be allowed to use the products if really you are using them within the framework of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I hope I've made that quite clear. Uh, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِلَى مَدْيَنَ أَخَاهُمْ شُعَيْبًا As for the people of Madian, we sent them their brother whose name was Shu'aib. He said to his people, O oh my people, worship Allah alone. You know, before we get into the story of Shu'aib, 
Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was given the story of Lut alayhi salatu wa salam, where he is shown that subhanallah, the people that are uh, sent by us as messengers, they also went through a lot of trouble. Their people who did not, re- who, their people who rejected the message were punished. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had a lesson from this, or he had comfort derived from this particular story to say, don't worry, you fulfill your message. How many accept the message is besides the point. The mere fact that you have delivered the message is enough. And this is why we say that no matter how many have accepted the message, don't worry. Allahu Akbar. So this, these verses are tasliyatan lil Rasuli sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They were revealed as a means of comfort to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and strengthening him uh, against that which he faced in terms of uh, the difficulties. And for your information, the stories of the prophets were all revealed in Makkatul Mukarramah. So any surah where the stories of the prophets are, that, that particular surah was revealed in Makkah. You, you can close your eyes and you can confirm that besides Surah Baqarah and Surah Al-Imran. The rest of the surahs were revealed in Makkatul Mukarramah. Um, and we need to understand that they were giving comfort to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as well because he faced really the wrath of the people of Makkah. But he faced the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah then speaks about another story. And he says, as for the people of Madian, we sent to them their brother Shu'aib. And he told them, oh my people, worship Allah alone. Worship Allah alone. And hope for the rewards of the good deeds of worship that you are engaged in on the last day. So the day of resurrection, you need to now hope for the reward of the good deeds that you have done. And commit no mischief on earth as the mufsideen have committed. Subhanallah. And commit no mischief on earth as mufsideen. So do not be from amongst those who commit great sin and crimes, do not be from amongst the oppressors and the tyrants, the mischief makers and the corruptors. Allahu Akbar. Don't be from amongst the mufsideen. So hope that Allah will give you a good reward for the good deeds you've done and protect yourself from evil, from sin, from polytheism, from innovation, from any other form of evil. Protect yourself from mischief making. Protect yourself from causing problems, backbiting, rumor spreading. We can include so many things on that particular list. Subhanallah, al-mufsid is the one who causes problems, a one who is sinful and he spreads corruption on earth, he causes disaster or she, whether it's in the home and whether it's outside the home. So be careful how you treat your family members as well, because charity begins at home. A lot of us, we don't even emerge from our houses, so your test will be within that same house. So Allah says, فَكَذَّبُوهُ They belied him, they didn't want to listen to him. You know, today when you call people towards goodness, like I said moments ago, you tell people, brother, this is an innovation, they call you a name. They call you a person belonging to a deviant sect. Or they start spreading rumor about you and this. Why? What is your sin? Your sin is because you told them to go back to the sunnah. You told them to go back to the sunnah. They have such a hatred for the sunnah because their love for it is only verbal. Allahu Akbar. Imagine, someone tells you, I love you, I love you, I love you. You marry them, one month later divorced. That was love. Why? It was on the tongue. For as long as you kissed them haram, you enjoyed it. The minute you kissed them halal, you divorced. It happens. This goes on. And this is the same apparatus we are using with Muhammad wasallam. I love you, I love you, I love you. But we are divorced from his sunnah completely. When someone innovates, we enjoy it. When someone tells you to cut lemons, you enjoy it. When someone tells you to do this, you really think, no, but he is a sheikh. You know, he told me this. Wallahi, if it is not found in the sunnah, throw it out of the window. Subhanallah. Straight into the bin. Don't want it. True love is gauged by whether or not you follow strictly and you do not insult. 
When we say Muhammadur Rasulullah, it is an insult to then believe that there is something he forgot. He missed out that my sheikh has now taught me. A'udhu Billah. And if someone reminds you of this so bluntly, it does not make them a person who belongs to a deviant sect. They are only telling you the reality. So Allah says, فَكَذَّبُوهُ When Shu'aib alayhi salam called his people, they belied him. They literally turned away. So Allah says, So an earthquake seized them, and they lay dead, prostrate. They lay dead, prostrate in their dwellings. Gone. Go and see their bodies, Allah says. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. Imagine how quick this verse explains it. Allah says, They belied him, so the earthquake seized them. Allahu Akbar, it's a flash. Like I said the other day when we spoke at the school on the Thursday evening, that you know what? In fact, on, on Friday it was a Jumu'ah. My mothers and sisters, in your mind, tell yourself how old you are in your mind. So let's take the average age, 35 years, okay? So you're 35 years old, right? I want to show you something. 35 years have passed. Haven't they passed like a flash? The answer is yes, like a flash. If you are 18, 15, 20, hasn't that time passed like a flash? The answer is yes, it passed like a flash. Well, there is one more flash left and then you die. Did you think of it that way? One more flash. If you're lucky, one more flash. Ask those who are 60 years old, 70 years old, how did your life pass? They will say it passed like a flash. I remember when we were born, I remember when we caught the train, I remember when we jumped into the ship, and I remember when we docked in the ocean, and I remember when we came, and I remember the pain, and I remember the days we didn't have shoes, and I remember when we couldn't afford school fees, and I remember when we had to do this and do that, and I remember this and that, it's gone like a flash. Well, there's one more flash if you're lucky, and then there's death. Allahu Akbar. So this is why here Allah explains it in a, in a very, very similar way, where He says, they belied, and so the earthquake seized them. But there was such a big gap between them belying and the earthquake coming because Allah gave them chances, so many chances. So Allah is giving you chances during this flash of yours. My mother, my sister, turn to Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. Then Allah says, we want to give you an example of others. All of them. Let's give you the example. Allah says, وَعَادًا As for Ad, وَثَمُود As for Ad and Thamud, and indeed, their destruction is clearly apparent to you from their ruined dwellings. Now, whose ruined dwellings? The dwellings of Thamud. As for Ad, their ruined dwellings do not exist. Because Allah asks a question, فَهَلْ تَرَى لَهُمْ مِنْ Do you see any remnants of them? No remnants of them. But as for Thamud, Allah is speaking about them. So Allah says, Ad and Thamud. And indeed, their destruction is clearly apparent to you from their ruins, their dwellings. Shaytan made their deeds fair-seeming to them and turned them away from the right path, though they were intelligent, they were sharp, they were solid, top-brain people. Today we would say PhD holders, they still engage in shirk. They'll still believe that if you dip a hair of Rasulullah into water, you'll get shifa. They still believe that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us from the miracles of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the ability to distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us not from amongst those who believe that there is cure in the urine of a cow. Allahu Akbar. Wallahi, my mothers and sisters, what beats us? We look at others and we say, don't they have a brain? Don't they have a brain? They want to worship this and worship that. But ourselves, we worship sometimes worse than that. Wallahi. We do things that are absolutely unacceptable. 
And we cling on to things that the devil has beautified for us. And nobody from the Sahaba or the Tabi'een from the early generations has ever, ever engaged in it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us, really. If there is any goodness, it was all the goodness that happened in the first centuries, in the first generations. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really bless us. This is why we say, look, Allah is saying, they, the shaitan made their deeds fair seeming to them. So this is why sometimes a person tells you, right, you know what, stand on your left foot and say Allahu Akbar 73 times and then the ache will go from your right foot. I've heard it myself. And you find idiots standing up and doing that. Allahu Akbar. Why? Because they believe, I'm going to get shifa. You rather put both feet on the ground and say, Allahumma shfini ya shafi. Oh Allah, owner of cure, cure me. You have yaqeen in that statement, you will get cure. But the minute you start, then they'll tell you stand in the sun and put up your right hand and you know, three fingers on one side with your thumb and the other two put them across on the other side making a gap in the middle. And that gap, you must look at the sun through the gap from your left eye and you'll be able to see the rays block it in a way that they don't hurt your eyes. But keep on looking there until you are semi-blinded and then look down and you'll get cure in your eyes. Have you ever heard people say this? Muslims with big, big beards are saying that. Allah. Imagine, did you hear what I said? I'm sure you were able to picture it. Why? Why do something and claim it's an act of worship? Rather go and have two panados. Rather go and visit the optician and get him to cut something here and there and have, have an operation to remove that cataract. Allahu Akbar. There is more iman in that than anything else. What I mean is, than any of the deviant items. Obviously we make dua to Allah. We have yaqeen solely and only in Allah. That doctor cannot do anything unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants the, the operation success. We believe that. But we believe that you do not innovate in order to achieve success. When we're saying an act of worship. Engage in an act of worship that was not done by Rasulullah sallallahu We are taught by all the scholars... All of them, without exception, they teach us, If any item, any act of worship is being debated as to whether it is an innovation or an act, or, or, or an act of worship truly, then the best is to leave it alone. Leave it, you don't need it. If the people are arguing whether an act of worship is, is an act of worship or an innovation, it's better to leave it out. You don't need it. Nobody will debate with you that the five salah is an innovation. But people will only debate with you with that which is debatable. And this is why when you've heard a debate rotating around something, whether it is a sunnah or a bid'ah, the best thing to do is leave it out. You don't need it. Engage in that which is not debated. You save yourself. This is the most powerful direct message you can have. My brothers and sisters, or my sisters, subhanallah, we ask Allah not to make us from those whose deeds are fair-seeming to them. We ask Allah not to make us from those whose deeds seem to be appearing good, yet they are bad deeds. Allahu Akbar. So Allah says, look, Ad and Thamud, we destroyed them. Their dwellings are there in front of you. And subhanallah, he says, the Satan made their deeds fair seeming to them and turned them away from the right path, though they were extremely intelligent. Then Allah says, and look, we destroyed Qarun, Fir'aun, Haman, and indeed Musa alayhi salam came to them with clear signs, but they were arrogant. Musa alayhi salam came to them with proofs, with evidences, with verses, with lessons, with signs, with revelation. They were too arrogant. They were arrogant in the land. Yet they could not outstrip us. They could not escape our punishment. We punished all of them. Allah says, فَكُلَّنْ أَخَذْنَا بِذَنْبِي This verse number 40 of Surah Al-Ankabut should make us cry. Why? Because Allah says, every single one of them, we punish them because of their sins. 
This is what Allah says. Now I hope we are not in the picture where we are not going to be punished because of sins. Allah says, فَمِنْهُمْ Some of them, listen to this. Some on whom we sent a violent wind with a shower of stones, like the people of Lut. Some of them who were overtaken by the awful cry, the torment, this loud sound and noise like the people of Shu'aib. And some of them, we caused the earth to swallow them up, such as Qarun. And some of them, we drowned them, like the people of Nuh or Fir'aun. It is not Allah who wronged them, but they wronged themselves. We will stop there, inshallah. Inshallah, we will stop there. My mothers and sisters, read that verse. Allah is giving you the different variants of punishment that have descended in the past. Some people are punished by drowning, some are punished by earthquakes, some are punished by volcanoes, some are punished by awful cry, some are punished by rains and whatever uh, stones that have fallen from the heavens. May Allah protect us. And today, they actually tell you that the meteors that are about to hit the earth, they are similar to stones that can come on the, on, on, you know, uh, onto the earth to punish people. So what happened to the people of Lut definitely is something that Allah decided and decreed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not punish us. May He open our doors. Uh, we started slightly late, so therefore we ended slightly late, but we've still clocked about 46, 47 minutes. We ask Allah to open our doors. My mothers and sisters, let us learn to worship Allah. Enjoy your salah, enjoy your tilawa of the Quran, and, and you need to understand. Find so much joy in obedience that was done by and taught by Muhammad wasallam in a way that you find no joy in innovation. So as soon as there is something that comes in your direction that is innovation, you feel some feeling in your heart that no, this thing I don't want to do it. Why? It's, there's something fishy about it. I don't know and, I, and I, I'd rather stay away from it. The only time that will happen is when you love to follow what the Prophet ﷺ has done or what he has taught and understand the meaning of Muhammad Rasulullah ﷺ that it is an insult to do or to, to, to engage in that which, he, which you think is an act of worship that he did not teach or he did not do. I hope the message is as powerful as ever. We hope and pray that Allah guide us all. Until we meet again, we say wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad subhanallahi bihamdih, subhanakallahum wa bihamdik, nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.